Kia ora and welcome to Tech Bytes, the monthly podcast where I, Craig Young, have a chat with digital leaders in Aotearoa. This month I'm talking with Raj Singh, he's the CEO of the newly formed IntelliGroup. I hope you enjoy this chat. Kia ora and welcome to this month's Tech Bytes. It's great to be here again. Um, we had a month off, but now we're here with Raj Singh from IntelliGroup. Really keen to have a chat. So uh, kia ora, Raj. Thanks for joining us. Kia ora, Craig. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Hey, look, I'd just like to start with, um, I know you've got a, a big job, big day job now at Intella, but would you mind introducing yourself a little, maybe a little description of who IntelliGroup is now? Because many of our listeners won't have heard, you know, who this new named organisation is. Yeah, thank you, Craig. So um, I'm the CEO of IntelliGroup. Um, so IntelliGroup is reasonably young. We're just eight months old. Uh, we started in October last year. Um, and IntelliGroup was born out of three different companies. So initially, we had this Connect8 business, which was a mobile and fiber infrastructure and build company. Um, we had the old Intelli company, which was a IT services um, and distribution company. Um, and then we took some of the parts of Spark, which was supply chain or field delivery teams and sort of handset distribution. And so we've combined all three and created IntelliGroup. Um, and, you know, some of the services that we do offer are design and build of mobile networks. So that's erecting towers as well as 4G, 5G upgrades. Uh, we lay fiber uh, for some of our key customers. Um, and then in terms of the mobile and handset distribution business, you know, it's IT distribution, mobile handset distribution, um, and then we've got a IT services part of the business that we sort of do IT services for land WAN installations, uh, meeting room solutions. Uh, we also uh, do some work in the utility space as well. So we do metering and modem swaps. Um, and then lastly, we've got a fully integrated supply chain uh, operation where we've got quite a few different warehouses in Auckland, Hamilton, Christchurch, and some many warehouses around the country as well. So like a one-stop sort of infrastructure build digital services company as well. Yeah, I mean, I can see a lot of opportunity in that space as well going forward. Yeah. So great place to be. Um, but, yeah. you know, the, these conversations are about you. So let's go back to the beginning. You, I mean, I checked out your LinkedIn profile, obviously. You got your start in the working world in finance in a gaming company by the looks of it. So how did that come about? And what was it like working in that environment in the late 90s? Yeah, look, I think yeah, uh, having a good finance background has really helped me along my way. Uh, but being in the gaming industry back in the 90s in South Africa was quite an interesting time. It was almost unregulated. So the company that I worked for, uh, we did scratch cards and ran gaming shows. Um, my day job was looking after the finances for the company. But, you know, during the weekends, we used to um, have TV game shows. Um, and I was one of the auditors on the show. Um, I used to write up the rules for some of these shows as well. So uh, a lot of variety in the role, but it also, you know, created uh, a whole new environment for me to learn new things along the way as well. Um, and then after uh, it became a regulated industry, then I jumped ship and joined the telco world in 2000 and have been in telecommunications ever since. So I've got a finance background as well. So I'm an accountant by profession. But, um, uh, yeah, I found it... Um, Interesting for about 18 months, and then I jumped into uh, IT and telco as well. So I've got a bit of understanding, but it is incredibly helpful to have that background, isn't it? So, it so just let's draw that out a little bit more. So how does a journey look like? 
that takes you from finance and procurement to heading up this uh, one-stop shop new company like Intella. And, and I'm really interested in, talk us through some of the um, important decision points along the way. Well, um, coming into New Zealand back in 2009, um, I got into the world of procurement um, at Telecom or Spark back then Telecom, um, which has given me a really good foundation in terms of the role that I'm in right now um, and the opportunities that Spark has presented to me. So running the commercial team for a couple of years um, also gave me the opportunity to get involved in um, other things outside my role. And one of them was mergers and sort of acquisitions. Um, I was part of the team that brought uh, to get the Connect 8 business. So it was initially a joint venture between Spark and Focus. And, you know, over, the, over a period of time, we acquired um, that whole company. Um, and then in 2014, I was presented with a company called Telegistics um, to, to run and manage, um, and which was predominantly a mobile repair company. Um, and then over the years, we've utilized some of the really good skill sets we had in there and converted that into a fully-fledged distribution company. And then in 2015, I was promoted to uh, general manager of value management at Spark. Um, and in that role, I was looking after our sort of um, in, uh, investment, uh, our CapEx, our sort of all our commercial mobile distribution, handsets, uh, our partnerships, as well as the commercial team. Um, and having that breadth allowed me to get more involved in the technology world as well. Um, also having the support of Mark Beeler, who's been my you know, manager at Spark since 2010, um, who has given me the opportunities to get more involved in you know, other parts of just my normal role around the technology area as well. So when we decided to bring the different parts of these businesses together, you know, it was an amazing opportunity for me uh, to be given to lead out on the organization. So I had background on all of these different parts of the business. Yeah, and look, this might be a bit of a leading question because it probably is, but, you know, you working in a large corporate, opportunities appear while you're there, don't they? And um, often they may not look like what you're doing now, but sometimes it's a great idea to take on something that's new and different. Um, got any piece of advice for people who might be listening, you know, when they come across those sorts of opportunities? Uh, you know, I would absolutely embrace it. Um, quite often, um, you know, you get the best out of doing something out of the ordinary and having a peer into something that you don't do every day provides greater insights um, in terms of what you can bring to the table. Um, when we did get involved in, you know, creating Connect 8 as an example, I never knew much about fiber or fiber build for, for that matter. Um, and having different insight and bringing that into the organization around creating a new company then and, you know, and then taking the skill sets that we've had there and formed, you know, a mobile world company from there was quite interesting. So when opportunities do come, come about, you know, there are further and better opportunities that are born out of that. And I think it's what you make out of it as well. If you just, you know, sit back and wait for the opportunities, they're not really going to come. You've got to also go out and, and, and actually, you know, chase them as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, like, probably like yourself, your career journey doesn't look anything like what you expected it to be at this point. But I look back, it's, not, it's not what I started. No. Hey, look, you made the decision to move countries and um, come to New Zealand. What advice would you want to share with others thinking about trying a move like even, even short term to another country? 
Yeah, I think when we decided to to move to New Zealand, it was a big decision. We were very settled back in South Africa, um, but having a young family and thinking about their futures, you know, we we had to do something different. Um, the one thing that we had to do was to come out and have a look for ourselves. Um, we did two trips into New Zealand just to understand the landscape, the people, you know, uh, what the housing situation was, cars, schools, all of those things. Um, and it helped us to get really good, you know, sort of background in terms of what we should be preparing ourselves for. Uh, so when we did come in um, and we had no support, we had no family here. So we had to rely on what we've learned um, and, you know, having that um, insight into coming here and, and knowing what we were, you know, getting, uh, getting ahead of us, it really helped us to integrate really well. Um, and the job that I landed in with, I mean, with Spark with Telecom back in the day, you know, was quite very, very good for me because the company allowed me to settle in, provided me all of the support as well. Um, and having that, having kids settle in school made the transition also easy as well. So do as much research as you possibly can um, and it'll help settle, settling in really well. Yeah, and of course, I mean, we've had a couple of years where it's been difficult to go overseas, um, but people are starting to think about those moves now. So, you know, try different environments and, and things. Um, That's right. Yeah. Hey, look, um, being a CEO, I mean, it's a new role for you, but it puts you at the pointy end of the organisation, doesn't it? I mean, were there any gotchas or surprises when for you when you took on that top role? Um, I thought I had a really good insight into the three different companies we were bringing together. And, um, you know, and when you decide to amalgamate three companies into one, um, I didn't appreciate um, the amount of integration it required having three different ERP systems, so processes, health and safety, um, and then trying to integrate three different cultures of people as well. Um, and for me, that um, was something that I realized really quickly that we need, needed to get ahead of it. Um, having a really good team around me, you know, from HR and finance um, and a really good team to support that um, really helped the integration and bringing all of that together. I think the, the first thing we realized was the people, um, it was going to be a massive amount of change for three different groups of people. Um, and I... Uh, I yeah, I realized that this is something that we never expected in terms of you know the size of what what needed to be done and the amount of change that we needed to implement. So um, we got through that quite quickly and easily. Um, and uh, and bringing a company together that's you know that's like I said, bringing three different companies together, three different processes, um, and then four months later being hit with a cyclone. Um, was also a massive big learning for us. Um, yeah. we, you know, thank, thank God I had a really good team around me um, that we got stuck into it really, really quickly um, and, you know, and provided a great amount of support you know, to Spark, to Conexa, as well as industry players. We worked really well with two degrees with one. Um, and you know, that was a really good testament of how you know, well we brought the team together in, in, to enable us to support that. Yeah. Um, I went through the merger of Telstra Clear with, uh, sorry, with Clear Communications with Telstra Saturn in New Zealand. I think we we had maybe five billing systems when we merged, and the the uh, the, the purchases said, well, we'll be off all of those and onto one within one year. <laughs> no, I think it was four years before we even turned the first one off. So th these issues can be really 
Big, aren't they? That's yeah. Right. And then, of course, you've got the cultural issues as well, bringing a team together. So, That's right. and you as the CEO, you get to set that culture for your group. Yeah. Um, right. Look, I know you have a keen involvement with football. And here we're talking the round ball. If I remember rightly, you don't support the right team, but that's okay. Um, how important is it for you to have that sort of outside interest as you develop your career or as an individual? I think football resonates with me because I, I grew up loving playing football um, and more recently watching it more than playing. Um, and I think my son was really keen into football as well. Um, and having that time with him over the weekends and spending time watching him on the field both Saturdays and Sundays for over eight years was really, really good because, you know, you, you, you're at the office for five days a week. Um, and the only time you have is over the weekends to, you know, to spend time with family um, and having that time with my son, you know, giving him advice and watching him play football was really good to be, you know, just getting some downtime. Um, but, Again, football in itself is a team sport um, and is loved and watched by millions around the world. And I quite often bring analogies back into the office around team sport, team sport um, and how, you know, working together as a team is quite important and, and very similar to football. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's, it's just all around the teaming and the team part of it, which I love the most. Um, and I do support a better team than you, Craig. So, <laughs> Hey, look, I was just thinking about you talking about your kids. Um, a good piece of advice to people, encourage your kids to take up cricket because in summer, that means you get to sit on the sideline for a whole day with your newspaper and a cup of coffee while, while the game takes all day. So it's a little less active than watching football. I know. I try that, but we had to succumb to the weather during winter watching it all weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just coming back to the technology industry because, you know, as – in your role as a CEO of, of Intellit, I mean, you are now one of the digital leaders in our in our industry and in our, in our sector. Um, and there's, there's some specific issues that we're keen to work on. I mean, we know from all sorts of research that we have an issue around a lack of skilled staff in all sorts of technology, not enough women, Maori, Pacifica. I mean, as a CEO of a large organization, and, and just generally as a digital leader, you know, what sort of things do you think we can do to improve that situation? Um, I think in our organisation, we're quite unique. Um, we, we, we hire people of, of, uh, across a broad spectrum of skill sets. You know, we have engineers right through to riggers that are climbing up towers through to guys that are installing IT networks as well. Um, when we started the company, we had 370 people, um, 55 different nationalities. So, um, you know, and but it's really hard to train staff when you've got a, you know, a BAU part of the business to run as well. We know this is a problem globally, right? Because only 27% in the digital world are women and only 4% Maori um, or 2.8 in Pacifica. So we know that the percentages are really, really well. But we have a lot of mobile world uh, built to be done over the next couple of years and upgrades. So we're taking a, a two-pronged process to get this underway. Initially, we we don't have enough skill sets in the country, um, and we have you know a job to do. So we had to go abroad and um, and bring on some of these skilled resources that we require. But while we're doing that, medium and short term, um, we are trying to create a little academy 
where we're going to be wanting to attract um, as many Maori Pacifica as well as women into the field as well um, and train them because it's a short term to bring people on. It's not long term sustainable for us to keep bringing people from offshore. So we're starting a little academy to start to train people on these different roles that we have. And because we've got such a broad spectrum of those roles as well. Um, and, you know, we've got one of the best sort of maternity benefits in the country along with Spark as well. So we want to encourage people to come in and knowing that we've got these, these benefits available and we want to train, we want to encourage them to come through and we want to be able to provide the training facilities for people to long along the way as well. So we want to change how we advertise as well, because quite often when you advertise for roles, they appear to be targeting just a specific range of people or skill sets. And um, we want to open it up and make sure that, you know, we're very targeted in the fact that we will provide training even if you don't, because of the range, like I said, the types of roles we have, we can create the, the platform for us to train um, and get people into um, into this um, industry as well. So hopefully um, over the next couple of years, we'll try and get through as many people through the academy um, and have you know some trained people from New Zealand um, joining the academy and coming out and whether they stay with us or go out into other parts of the industry, it'll be awesome to see. Yeah, look, that's that's a great initiative. Um, just. I was just thinking while you're talking, coming back to that immigration thing, you know, there was the, the story of a certain minister last week who had to resign all his portfolios because he forgot to declare certain shares. But that was getting that skill set onto the certain immigration list. And certainly, you know, from our perspective, we've been advocating to the, the decision makers, ministers, et cetera, around how important it is to have those skills on that list, but also looking to develop them into the future. and and. And one of the important things, you know, when we talk about skills is that often the focus seems to be on those, you know, glamorous, I won't call them, maybe they're glamorous, but, you know, the skills like coders and testers, et cetera. But actually you need a wide range of technology skills to ensure that people are connected, they can do what they need to do, and that businesses can actually function. So, you know, I think, you know, all power to you on that academy. We've also just uh, been working with um, some of the schools um, and more recently, many of our college as well. So we're bringing kids in as well and doing holiday work and getting them sort of familiar with the types of roles that can be available after school as well. So that's something that we've started doing and we're starting to see a great amount of interest coming through from that as well. That's great. I mean, one of the um, projects that um, I know that Tertiary Education Commission is working on is being able to get into those sorts of environments and show people that, um, you know, there are these sorts of roles and jobs. But it's really important to also show um, those kids that there are people that look and sound like them doing these roles, isn't it? So you've got to have that right. connection as well, you know, so that they know Absolutely. that they can go down that track. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, let's go broader to finish on. You're leading one of our care enabling tech type companies. You're a leader. Um, I ask, you know, it's an election year. So, um, you know, what big ideas should a country like ours focus on if we want to move up that global digital competitive ladder? Yeah, good, good question. Uh, Craig, so yeah, no over the pressure. last couple of years, no, that's all right. Over the last couple of years, you know, we've seen a rapid acceleration of 5G um, across New Zealand. 
um, digitization, um, you know, AI technology convergence, you know, multi-edge um, uh, compute, and all of those. You know, um, and Spark's been particularly interested in all of that, including data, artificial intelligence, IoT. That's all in in, in play at the moment. Um, and I know all of the MNOs are, are working really, really well in terms of you know uh, deploying 5G and creating the opportunity or the platform for these technologies to come up as well. Um, I think technology can also add really good business value in terms of things that we don't normally do, you know, field delivery and you know, using sort of AI and using data to help drive more efficiencies across the business. Um, you know, we've predominantly been a services business that, you know, is hands and feet on the field. Um, but we're starting to look at how could we use technology to drive efficiencies in terms of IoT in terms of sensors, in terms of drone technology, uh, and giving more insights to the work that we do, so we can avoid truck rolls, can avoid, you know, using investment uh, on legacy, you know, platforms, and using investment to create, you know, digitized platforms that allows us then to enhance, you know, the capability we have in New Zealand. Uh, I think from our our perspective, we want to try and introduce um, much more you know, IoT technology um, and, and platforms where MNOs can then, you know, create those efficiencies um, and create efficiencies to invest in future technologies as well. Mm. Well, that's all fascinating. I mean, I've been, um, I've just sent out a document around our tech user summit coming in later in the year, and I will admit to using ChatGPT to help me write the pitch that goes with it, you know, and, and certainly at the consumer yeah. level, you sort of think about chat GPT and those sorts of tools, but there's a lot of work going on in organizations and in um, companies like the um, the Nokia's and the Techmahindra's and those sorts of companies around using AI to automate things. And I came across something the other day where I can't remember who it was, but they were looking to use AI to help automate the virtual build of a mobile network so you just plug some things in if you have the technology in place plug some things in and it builds your network for you on on the hard infrastructure so there's some really cool stuff coming in that space aren't there yeah uh, and we've seen some of that already with some of the mnos we work with in terms of you know lighting up sites as well it's all pretty automated um, and happens quick and faster than it had been in the past and, so and the technology yeah, and this is the thing from from our perspective. You know why we've moved from being the telecommunications to the technology users group is because they're just intersecting all over the place now, aren't they? So, you know, That's right. streaming um, connections, connectivity networks, technology. I mean, you're you're a, you're an IT shop, really. Oh, yeah. Look, just thank you so much for your time. Just got any last comments or thoughts you'd just like to share with people? I think. Um... You know, from an Intel group perspective, we're quite a unique company. Um, I think New Zealand, probably Australasia, um, we we have such a large field force that does things from building and designing mobile and fiber networks through to in-office land WAN installations, and then you know providing the tin to do that as well from a distribution perspective. Um, and you know, all of that different capability that we bring into the market, which gives us access to some of the best vendors in the world. Um, we're starting to use really good technology to 
get smarter on how we do things and not just do it in the way that it's been done in the past. Um, we are you know, actively recruiting uh, in the organization. We actively want to be training. Um, and uh, in, in, in the organization itself, you know, health and safety is really, really important to us as well. So you know, if you're thinking of getting into the technology world, you, like you said, Craig, you don't need to be coding or doing stuff behind the desk. There's a whole world of other areas of technology that you can start your career from. Um, and if, if anybody's listening and is keen, you know, just go in and have a look at our website and feel free to reach out. Uh, there are great opportunities that we have and we will be having in the future as well. Cool. Hey, thanks so much for your time, Raj. Really appreciate it. And um, thank you to everyone that's joined us today. If you want to watch this again, it'll be on our YouTube channel by the end of the weekend. And also you can listen to it again as a podcast. It'll be on every one of those channels, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you know, all blasted everywhere. So um, thanks very much. And again, and I hope um, to see you again, Raj, and perhaps we'll have you involved again in some other event that we're running. So thanks very much. Thank you.